Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Anyway, God bless you for being here. If you're able to stand with us, could I ask you to stand? Hosea chapter 10. Hosea chapter 10. Just one verse in your hearing this morning. Praise God. Scripture reads, Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap mercy. Watch this. Break up your fallow ground. Break it up. For it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon us, upon you. Someone shout up on me. Come on, someone shout up on me. I'm going to preach to you this morning on this message title, Preserving the Pandemic. Persevering, excuse me, in the pandemic. Heavenly Father, help me this morning, God, to preach, to inspire, to dispense hope, Not only those here in Old Town, but that stream and archive the viewing of the files. Let an anointing be upon me, God. Anoint the ears of the hearers and the hearts and the spirits. Let us get a rhema from God today for one more week as we persevere. In the name of Jesus, I command this to be so. If you receive it, would you shout amen? Amen, amen. God bless you for standing this morning. You can be seated. Persevering the pandemic. I read in Hosea a word that said fallow. Maybe you've never heard the term fallow ground. But it's the ground that is purposely left unsown, unreaped, and unharvested. You see, if it works the same over and over again, it's a law. It's a principle. The soil becomes depleted. And the land grows less and less productive. And so they let it become fallow. They don't mess with it. They let the nutrients kind of come back together. And therefore, because of that, farmers would every so often allow a field to rest, to to lie fallow, unsown in that season, and unreaped. So if they did not plant on the ground that had to allow it to be fallow, it would become fruitful. It would be producing more fruit than any other ground because it's a cycle. It's about reaping. It's about sowing. It's about farming. So maybe you think, well, I live in the city in SoCal and I'm not interested in farming. The closest thing to farming is I get is to sprouts. (laughs) And I'm fine with that. I see the sign that says farm fresh. I'm good with that. Put it in my basket. But what is fallow ground to you and I living in the city, living in the largest state in the union? Fallow ground to you and I, my friend, is the ground that has not been touched, that has not been worked, that has not been cultivated. And what is the fallow ground in God? It's simply this. It's the ground that has not been touched by God. It's in every life. It's in every heart. It's in every soul that hasn't allowed God to touch it, that hasn't allowed God's life to enter in. 
And therefore, I want us to know in this pandemic that it's crucial that you sow into your heart. It's crucial that you sow into your home. It's crucial that you sow into your spirit so that you may remain godly and that you remain tender in this pandemic. And so that's why my title this morning is Persevering the Pandemic, trying to get through as we enter into our sixth month in the way that we do life in the unrest that's taken a place all over the globe. I've got to make sure that my heart is tender. I feel like God laid this on my spirit this week, is that I must stay tender towards God, Brother Tony, even in a pandemic. And we're still not coming back on Wednesdays. I've got one chance to either stream as we're doing service on Sunday or be here corporately. But I have to make sure that my heart does not become hard and brittle and away from God. Because at those times, the enemy does sneak in, somebody, hear me, At those times, the enemy does tiptoe in, and we will tend to lend an ear or lend a heart to what the enemy says in times of distress. All I'm saying is you've got to make sure that you stay tender to the voice of God and the call of God and the Spirit of God and the things... I've got to persevere. I'm not quitting. I'm not backsliding. I'm not retreating. I'm not becoming unholy. I'm not becoming unspiritual. No, quite the contrary. I'm figuring out how to do some things on my own. I'm figuring out how to hunker down and lean into the holy of holies. I'm doing some things I never had to figure out before. But in the end, I will become stronger. I will become more dependent on God. I will look back. And we will look back of how we came through a pandemic and what we had to do to stay saved, Brother Tony, and to stay tender to God and to hear that small, still voice. And so what are we doing? We're trying to figure all of this out in real time. Again, what keeps coming to my spirit this week is that I must stay tender towards God. So much so that the applying of this principle can transform my life. Even in the lives of us that know God, there can be, and I'm going to tell you prophetically, there is fallow ground in your life right now. The pandemic, in some ways, has been our fallow ground. It seems like just overnight, it put the church in the wilderness without water and without warning. You wake up one day and things are different. Somebody blurred all the lines and somebody changed all the rules and someone did all this and we got to figure out how to live and make a living and pay our bills and pay mortgages and rent, Brother Tony. But you know what? We're going to persevere because God's church never loses and I'm staying in the ship and I'm staying tender to God. And whatever you got to do to stay tender to God, I'm telling you, my friend, you need to roll up your sleeves and say, come on, I'm never leaving God. I'm never retreating. I'm never getting weak. I'm believing that God has his hand on my family and that God has his hand on my life. What am I doing? I'm not letting fallow ground take my life over. So yes, I'm persevering. Not setting any records. I'm not knocking every door in my neighborhood. Part of it because it's 116 degrees. But even if I was spiritual, I have common sense. We're trying to stay saved. We're trying to stay holy. We're still trying to see things through the lens of faith 
and not fear. We're still trying to see what does God think and what does God see. So overnight, things begin to change, and it increases the gap between us and the holy of holies. You see, it's how the persevering through the pandemic is going to help me become spiritual. I'm praying that every one of us become more holy in a pandemic. I'm trusting God that, hey, in a perfect world with faith leaning into God, I ought to come out of this thing more spiritual, more positive, more holy than I was going into it. Because this is what I understand. Even as I look at my life and I look at the people I pastor, we've taken some things for granted. How many of us have lived for God on autopilot? And we just show up and do the gymnastics of church. And we look back and we realize, you know, maybe we took some things for granted. My, my parents' generation, my wife's parents' generation, they'll look back and say, hey, maybe Sister Rose's generation. Look at me and say, hey, remember about the good old days? And we took some things for granted, how things back in the days in the 50s and 60s maybe were a little more simpler. Everybody seemed to get along. Everybody seemed to dress kind of sort of, you know, in a, in a modest fashion. Everything seemed to be a little more simple. But as we get down the further the road in life, we realize how chaotic things are. But I'm telling you, my friend... Maybe we took some things for granted living for God in North America. We would show up on a Sunday and patty cake for Jesus and go home and live between service. And maybe you would even come back on a Wednesday night and lean into the word and then do your own thing on Thursday and Friday. Can I tell you, my friend, that's not going to work in a pandemic. You need a little more touch from God. You need to drill a little deeper from God. If you're going to persevere, you're going to have to lean in and get. Hmm. Come on, somebody. I'm just going to preach to you. Why? Because we're six months into this. And I'm hoping and I'm trusting that we're getting six months stronger on our dependency of God. And we're learning more about God, of how this relationship with God works. And, and as the pandemic gets in, in, uh, uh, here on our life, that it, it begins to separate us from God. Why? And I get it, okay? I'm not even minimizing that. But things were out of control. Over 183,000 people have perished in, in America. I get it. I'm not minimizing that. But in all of the chaos, my friend, I cannot become weak in God. I've got to understand greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world I'm going to stay on the ship I'm going to live for God I'm going to trust God I'm going to lift up holy hands if the joy of the Lord is my strength I tell you my friend I'm going to get some joy and it's going to strengthen my family and my household someone shout amen Amen. I'm pausing because I'm looking for some sugar to put on this next statement but I'm out of sugar in the cupboards Someone run, get me some sugar so I can sugarcoat a few things. Don't let the devil lull you to sleep under the banner of the pandemic and COVID-19. My friend, if I'm going to judge myself, the thing about we ought to have communion because communion focuses on judge yourself lest ye be judged. If I'm looking inside, I got to be fair to myself. Am I treating the other areas of my life the same way I'm treating a relationship with God? If I'm going off here yonder ways and over there and I'm not coming to church, but I'm doing everything else I want to do, you know what, my friend? Your relationship with God's not right. I'm not saying don't be cautious. But you've got to factor in, hey, I've got to have a relationship with God too. I, I've got to lean in and say, you know what? My family is important. I need them to stay safe. Amen to you. I need them to stay spiritual. I need them to stay holy. I need them to stay saved. Hello, somebody. I'm trying to help you persevere during a pandemic. I can't put God on a shelf while the CDC figures out when they're going to have a vaccination. And I can't... Mm. 
Whether they promise it before the election or next year, I'm still going to draw closer to God. I'm going to stay strong with God. I'm going to persevere in a pandemic because watch this, my friend. I live long enough, Brother Townsend, that this will go away and something else will come along to try to distract me and sweep me out to sea from God. No, I'm putting some roots down. I'm putting some protocols in place. Hey, if something ever happens again, I'm never leaving God. I'm hunkering down. I'm drilling deep. Why? Because I learned how to persevere in a pandemic when I couldn't even get to the house of God. Mm. And so I got to persevere. And here, here, here's the definition, persevere. And I quote, to persist in anything undertaken, maintain a purpose in spite of difficulty, obstacles, or discouragement. Continue, continue steadfastly, end quote. That's a persevering. Maintaining purpose in spite of difficulty. You see, I think, I think this through. The authorities promoted ways to stay safe. Our last service prior to the pandemic was March the 15th. So September 15th will be exactly six months. And I understand they're learning their way too, not criticizing. I couldn't figure it out myself. And they're coming out with protocols, and the protocols are all fluid and moving and do this, do that, don't do this. And they came out with a thing that was a basically which was social isolation, but they termed it shelter in place. I think L.A. County Mayor Garcetti called it safer at home. I get it. We don't know what's going on. Yes, we're staying home. Get your groceries shipped in. Don't go out. Don't get in your car. Don't leave the house. It's called social isolation or sheltering in place. And then they upgraded our opportunities to social distancing. Keep the six foot, keep the two meters. Don't go by anybody. Have your mask, do this. And then they changed the word social distancing to physical distancing. And they keep upgrading and they keep upgrading. And, but that was the norm. But if we're not careful, my friend, we can take the same grid into our kingdom of life. And here's what I want you to know. If we're not careful, we can become spiritually distanced from the house of God and the things of God and the voice of God. Why? Because we live in the world. We work 40 hours a week. We hear the voice from the world and Egypt. And this is what they're doing on a physical level. But if we're not careful, we lay that same grid down on our relationship with God and we social distance, but no, we're spiritual distancing. We, we social isolation. No, we're staying home under the banner of I have options. My friend, let me tell you at some point, you know, in your heart, when you are exploiting the options of how to get into the Holy of Holies and the presence of God, I'm just going to be a pastor here this morning. I'm sorry, my friend. And actually, no, I'm not sorry. This is what God told me to tell you. And they were getting into six months and it's time to say, come on. If I believe in the power of the Holy ghost, these signs shall follow them that believe if they drink any deadly poison if the, mm. what about that scripture and again okay i'm i'm pretty level-headed and i'm a pretty balanced person mark 16 17 is i believe if that accidentally happens to you okay i'm not going to drink deadly poison i'm not going to pick up snakes i'm not going to do these things and so I'm going to be cautious, but I'm not going to leverage my cautiousness under that I'm afraid to get into the holy of holies because I know my heart's not right. So the longer I stay out of here, the longer it takes to get judged by God. I'm talking about persevering. 
But when that becomes the norm, my friend, then it's very hard to work your way back. And we get lulled to sleep and we get out of the routine and we get out of the cadence. But I just want to preach to somebody here today. If I'm going to persevere in a pandemic, the pandemic is going to disappear. It comes and it goes. Things in life are not permanent. They're not stagnant. They move. They're fluid. But if I don't figure it out in this pandemic, something else is going to come in life and rock my world and rock my relationship with God. I'm going to learn some protocols. I'm going to lay some track during a pandemic and say, honey, you know what? We're living for God for the rest of our life. We're raising our kids in a godly home. We've had to make adjustments. Church is different. Things are not like they were before March, but hey, greater is he than me that is in the world. I serve a mighty God. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Someone put your hands together. I was talking to a pastor and wife this week. We were just kind of talking about trying to do church trying to stay holy, trying to keep people saved. And I feel like the Lord showed me something. And we begin to talk about the holy of holies. Actually, I begin to talk. They were listening. And I said, in the old days, when the children of Israel left Egypt, they left comfort. Wasn't the greatest situation. They were slaves. They were making bricks and mud bricks in the heat. They were taskmasters. It was hard labor. It was ruled by the Egyptians. But they knew the norm. They knew the routine. Like it? No. Have a choice? They didn't think so. So they just went along with society. They went along with the routine. But as Moses heard from the the voice of God, you know, he gathers them up. Let me pick you up. We're in the wilderness now, okay? He finally said, we're out of here can't do it. You want to go? We're going. And so the children of Israel begin to leave. And we know the story for 40 years. This is what God showed me this week. For 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness, Sister Sharice. And when they would stop, they would set up the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was a lot of work. There was a fence. There was railing. There was a laver of water. There was a brazing altar. And then once a year, the Shekinah glory of God would come down into the Holy of Holies. And the high priest would enter into there and he would make atonement for the sins of the people for the whole year. And the Shekinah glory of God would come down. But then the glory cloud in the day, pillar of fire at night would come and, hey, we got to go, folks. We got to pack up. I think maybe the wilderness might have looked something like that with the Shekinah glory of God coming down. But the Shekinah glory of God came down into the Holy of Holies. I begin to think as God, I feel inspired by spirit, that the 12 tribes of Israel camped all around the tabernacle like a spoke of 12 spokes, a wheel rather, coming out. And you can see how they camped around there. But what I want you to know, that the glory cloud 
where the Shana glory of God came down into the Holy of Holies. It never came down into a tent where they wouldn't have to come to the tabernacle. It never came down into their personal life where it wasn't a corporate coming down of the Shekinah glory of God. You say, well, we don't live in the Old Testament, Pastor. I'm telling you, my friend, there's a parallel. Don't get so carnal on me that you can't hear what God's saying. There's some parallels to the Shekinah glory of God coming down into the Holy of Holies. I know Calvary took place. I know Easter took place. I know the veil was torn. And so now, my friend, we enter into the Holy of Holies and feel the Shekinah glory of God and we hear the voice of God and we see the things of God. But if we're not careful, my friend, this pandemic will cause us to stay in our tent and keep us a distance from the Holy of Holies. When is the last time you've cried with your face buried in a carpet or tile in the Holy of Holies? That's very hard to do in your tent. That's very hard to do all by yourself. But as we move further and further away from the original start date of the pandemic, I, as a pastor, you as a child of God, have to make sure that you are not on the peripheral somewhere in your tent looking at the Holy of Holies saying, wow, I wonder what's going on there. I wonder when they're going to do this. I wonder what happened here. And you get so petrified to come out of your tent that the enemy traps you there and you can't get to your own personal Holy of Holies. And so God's telling us today, you better refocus on the Holy of Holies. I know you're a part of who we are. And I can just understand the way people are. Moses sees the cloud in the day or the pillar of fire at night. He goes, come on, we got to pack up. And how many of them say, oh, come on, Moses. You know how many stakes are in that tent? Brother John, you know how much rope it takes to do that? Why don't you just make up your mind and stay still and let God know we got to pack it up? Oh, come on, we got to pack up the tabernacle. Then we got to pack up our own tent. How long are we going to journey? I could just understand the complaining. But God told Moses, you got to do this and the people got to move. And if you'll do it right right. If you'll set up the tabernacle, I will descend as a Shekinah glory of God and I will come down and receive the sacrifice and I will forgive my people. But what if the people got so complacent that they would not even lift a hand to reassemble the tent or pack it back up? What if the people got so complacent or I'm going to say got so holy that we stayed in our tents and we didn't want to go out to the tabernacle? Why? Because I don't want to journey that far out. Oh, wait, God is everywhere. He's omnipresent. Come on, my friend, you're perverting the scripture. That's not fair to do that. And that's not right. To bend it to fit where you are so you don't have to answer to the voice of God. And so the Shekinah glory of God does descend. My point, my friend, is that picture there is a parallel to the way we serve God now. I know we don't have tents. Come on, I'm not naive. I know we don't live around a, a, a cloth fence. I know, my friend, I'm not naive. I'm just telling you, there's some parallels to God coming down and consuming the sacrifice and me walking holy and my family being forgiven. Why? Because I've done everything I know that I'm supposed to do. I've leaned into the voice of God. I've got here when I could. I go to work when I can. I go to the grocery store when I can. I do all of those with carefulness and I do all of those with mass but I'm not going to back away from hearing the voice of God and the Shekinah glory of God what are you doing I'm just trying to persevere during a pandemic and in the wilderness the holy of holies is where God came down he blew down and he came down and he talked to the man of God. Now he talks to all of us. I understand. I know scripture. 
But you've got to zoom out a little bit and say, you know what? There are some parallels here if I'm not careful. How many people stayed in their tent and didn't get their sins atoned from the high priest once a year? How do they figure all that out? Hey, when somebody's representing me before God, I want them to be holy. I want them to be righteous. And my friend, if you're the head of your house, you are the righteous high priest of your home. You have a spiritual, biblical obligation to keep that home safe. I get it. To keep that home financially secure. I get it. But also to keep that home spiritual and godly and ready for God's return. How many of us all agree that we are closer to the end times than ever before? That's why we just saw a prophecy series. We are so close. Things are all lining up. It could just take any week or any month and God catches the church away. Now is not the time to play games with God. Now is not the time to roll the dice on if there really is a God and get out in my tent and not see the Shekinah glory of God. The further you get away from the Shekinah glory of God, the weaker God's voice is. And then you lean onto your own voice. That's why Proverbs 3, 5 says, don't do it. Don't trust onto your own understanding. Come on, get back over to the Holy of Holies and see what God's thinking. And they just read the song, sang the song this morning. He blew into the valley of dead bones. And he rattled the bones. When God came down, it was the sound of dead bones rattling. What's the backstory on that? That's the valley of dead bones with Ezekiel. And he prophesies and he preaches to the dead bones. Watch me now. And the Spirit of God came down and took dead bones and made them human beings. But here's what I thought, praise team. I typed that. You guys inspired me. I thought, woo, I'll start typing. Mm. I typed it again. I typed twice. Yeah, did you see me jerk up here? I was under the. I tried not to make it obvious. But here's what the Lord showed me while you guys sang that. Those bones were in a, a place together. And the Spirit of God came in. And the bones lived into the human bodies. Watch me now. Not every dead bone came alive that was dead at that time. The only bones, Brother John, that came alive were those that were in the vicinity of the breath or the voice of God. I'm telling you, my friends, come on. I understand it's a parallel. It's a metaphor. I've got to make sure that my life and my family isn't absent from when God blows in and brings an anointing and assurance and other lives are coming to life and everybody else seems to be all excited about this thing, what God's doing. And I'm off over here and God's blowing here because I stayed out in my tent when I should have been getting closer to God. Somebody hear me this morning, okay? I know this is a little heavy, but it's been heavy on my heart. I got I to gotta free myself this morning. And so those bones, how many other bones were dead over there in the country? Why didn't all the bones come out of the graves? Because they weren't where God was moving and they weren't where God was speaking. It was the vicinity of the voice of God. And so the fallow ground, my friend, that I'm preaching to is us reconnecting to God in 2020. It's a part of my life that I have not let God touch with his love. It's a part of my life since March 15th that I've had not let his word change my life. How many of us among us, and even if you're watching online, that you're diligently watching on Wednesdays to hear the voice of God, 
I want to be in the vicinity of what God's doing. I don't want my family left out. I, I, hello, somebody. And if you're not here this morning and you're watching online, I respect that, okay? I'm not coming down on that. But are you watching every Sunday as it's live streaming from the pulpit? Are we out mowing our lawns or washing our cars or vacuuming our houses and laying in bed on our iPhone some night when we're half tired trying to catch up with the Word of God? My friend, that's not what God's trying to do. All I'm saying is you've got to step into your life and you've got to be honest. And God's going to judge us. And the hearts of men will be revealed during this pandemic. God's going to judge us. And the pandemic didn't make my relationship weak with God. If it's weak with God, you might have had a weak one before the pandemic. Don't blame it on the pandemic. Come on, step up in the mirror and, t- and own it. God, I'm making some changes. What are you doing? I'm just trying to persevere in a pandemic. I'm trying to learn some new protocols in my life that I just used to patty cake for Jesus. And it's, patty caking for Jesus isn't bad when you're putting downstream and everything's okay. But when that kayak tips over, you better know how to swim or have a life vest on. Things are fine, man. Woo, yeehaw, turn it up, baby. Woo-hoo. That thing tips over, it's a, whole, it's a game changer. So what do we do? You put a life vest on, or you say, I know how to swim. It's a lake. I'm not afraid of a lake. I can swim. It's just a, a stream going downhill. My Lord, it's only two and a half foot deep. I'm six foot tall. I'm not going to drown or whatever it is. But I'm telling you, my friend, everything's okay until the kayak tips over. That's how I think we might have been living for God. Woo-hoo, playing our music, sweet home Alabama, whatever you play. Turn it up. And then the pandemic hits. And now I've got to figure out how to swim. I'm looking for a lifeline. I'm trying to hold on to somebody. I want to give you another parallel? Let me show you this. One more parallel, okay? God just showed me. There's some parallels to the gospel of the fullest and the wise virgins. Everything's going fine. Or go back to another one. Hey, as it were in the days of Noah, eating and drinking and marriage. Hey, life's cool, man. I'm a kayak. Woo! Then something happens. You know what? A pandemic is a global happening. But along life, we have our own personal kayak capsizes. Could be a doctor's report. Could be a death of a family member. Something rocks our world. And it stresses our relationship with God. It becomes a stress point that we begin to wonder. All I'm saying is there's always going to be something that's going to try to distract us, Brother Tony, and capsize our kayak. It's going to be something. And I've got to learn how to persevere through life. Today, we're calling it a pandemic. Next year, it might be something personal that you call. In five years, it might be something else. But here, here, hear me. The fallow ground, whatever part is that, it's that that has not been sown or reaped. That's your fallow ground. Hear me. Whatever area of your life remains unchanged, unredeemed, ungodly, and dark, whether of actions, thoughts, habits, emotions, or ways, that is your fallow ground. And the law of the fallow ground says 
that it's that very thing that becomes the soil. The soil in the very area that you haven't allowed God to touch or change. That will, be, will bear most fruit. It's that part that you must plow. It's that part that you must water. That part that you must focus on and give energy and attention to. That's your fallow ground. That's what I'm preaching about this morning. For it's the ground that is waiting to bear the harvest in your life. As it is written in the prophets, it says this, Break up your fallow ground, for it is the time to seek the Lord. Break up the fallow ground. And please, my friend, don't be so naive that you think there is no fallow ground. Woe unto you if you think there's no fallow ground in your life. What the prophets say? For it is the time to seek the Lord till he come and he rains righteousness upon you. So here's my question, my friend. Where are you in that picture? Where are you? See, here's the thing. God already knows the answer and you know the answer. You see, the Shekinah glory of God is coming down, and I've got to make my way to the tabernacle. Bring your mask, bring your gloves. Take precaution. Don't be silly. Be wise. But, my friend, we're getting into six months. I can't live in my tent for six months. I can't do it. We need a Holy of Holies experience. God needs to reach down and change some thought process in your life. He needs to reaffirm and confirm, maybe. Every one of us has fallow ground. Don't think you're that spiritual. We're in a pandemic. Who's the spiritual among us? Nobody. Nobody. So God's message through your pastor this morning is simply pleading with you, get into the Holy of Holies. And let that fallow ground that's been sitting for almost six months be the very soil that produces the harvest. Don't go another week. Don't go another month. That fallow ground is ready. It's been sitting long enough. It's time to produce a harvest. It's time to plant. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning if you can. I'm going to pray for us, but this is how I'm going to close this altar call. In light of social distancing protocols I'm going to ask you before you leave that you make your pew your seat a holy of holies ask yourself the question this I know this sounds simple when is the last time you actually got on your knees and talked to God oh show me that in the Bible come on don't get critical and carnal 
It's our call. Why do we have an altar built this height? Because people kneel. We didn't make this five foot tall. It's not, it's not an ordering cal- counter. We don't order from God. You order your food, you order your drinks. You don't order from God. So the counter becomes an altar. But the way you access this from your knees because you're too tall if you're on your feet. So I'm coming in like this. I'm humbling myself before God. And I'm in the Holy of Holies, and you don't stand up in the Holy of Holies. It's reverence, it's respect, it's honor, it's fear. So when is the last time my knees have touched the ground with the purpose to talk to God? So this morning, my friend, I'm going to ask you in a minute, I'm going to pray, I'm going to ask you to make your seat a temporary holy of holies. You can sit in it. You can bury your head in your hands. You can kneel. But I'm asking you to get in the holy of holies and let this message resonate into who we are. And we come back stronger and bigger and, hello, healthier. And we will testify, Sister Townsend, we will testify. You know what? In 2020, some will testify, I almost didn't make it. And at one point, I said, I'm not going back. But nobody could judge me because I was streaming. They didn't know my thoughts. There'll be testimonies like that which will give God the glory. Wow. I look back and I scared myself. Eh? Nobody's fault. It's a pandemic. But you know what? I made it through. We're going to hear testimonies. Yeah, I didn't watch for three months. I didn't tell Pastor he'd blow a gasket. Thank you. Just let him think I'm watching. That way he don't get all wound tight, yell at his wife or something. So I didn't. But I'm going to confess to you now, Pastor. Let me tell you what the enemy was doing to me. But, but let me tell you what God did. I found a holy of holies eventually, and I cried my heart out. And I cried, and there was no tears. And I was hoarse. And it took several appointments in the holy of holies. But I'm here. I'm serving God. I love God. My family's saved. Woo! I learned a lot. I'm going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, in your name, God, let this message not hurt somebody, but let it open up the eyes, God, the blind eyes, the complacency of our everyday life, that you are blowing in a valley of dead bones, and I will be present. You are coming, and you are filling vessels with oil, and I will be present. And I'm in my tent, but I'm coming out when I see the glory cloud. I'm not hibernating. I'm not self-pastoring. I'm not self-prophesying into my life. But I hear the clear, distinct, only voice of God this morning. And I receive this, God. And I will work through this. And I thank you for caring for me. And I thank you for speaking into my life. God, today we lift up holy hands. And we sit and we kneel in the holy of holies. And we speak to you. And you speak to us. Let it resonate with everyone that's watching online. In this house, we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.